Okay. Okay. It's okay. It's gotta be okay. We gotta do this fast. I'm gonna delete all of this from my brain. Welcome to the Cinderella podcast, y'all. Hello. It's Christmas. We watch every Cinderella we can find, and we discuss something over and over. I've gone insane. I'm Liv. And I'm Talon. And today we watched the incredible, amazing Cinderella story, Christmas Wish, made in 2019, which I'm calling the Hot Santa Cinderella. I begrudgingly agree to this. We're going to talk about your, whatever those things are called, descriptions, superlatives. We're going to talk about the superlatives that you used for this, because I disagree with all of those. But (laughs) Hot Santa Cinderella, sure, we'll go for it. Okay. Oh, I hated this. I really liked it. I had such a good time. We're going to have such a rough time tonight. Oh, man. All right. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. So can you set the scene? How does this monstrosity of a film Christmas thing start? How does this thing start? What happened? (laughs) So we get a voiceover that goes, once upon a time, there was a girl who loved Christmas. And it talks about how she loves like opening presents with her amazing family and kissing her hot boyfriend under the mistletoe and the tinsel on top is that she was a great singer with a Christmas single about to drop. And then she starts singing the song. We get the song and it's like, it's gonna be the best Christmas with you. And she's wearing like a onesie with antlers. Oh, it was bad. It looks like a Target commercial. Yeah. It looks like a a really long and very well-produced Target commercial that you cannot skip past no matter how much you try. Yeah. my first note is F this, F everything, stop singing. This is an effing PowerPoint presentation. This is what it looks like. And I was foolishly hoping that this would be a Cinderella story with no singing in it, but that was dumb. This possibly has the most out of singing out of any Cinderella story, including all of the ones that were about singing. I don't know. I'm going to have to go back through and figure out how much of this one was music, and I just... I- Okay, so we get through this horrific Target commercial song, and then the voiceover comes back and goes, that girl isn't me. And then we hear, catch my balls! Grab my my balls! balls. Grab my balls! Grab my balls! Grab my my balls! It's the worst. Oh, God. It's her stepmother, Deirdre, with a bunch of Christmas balls, like Christmas decorations, and her stepsisters are there, and they're shopping outside, and they hand are Cinderella a bunch of shopping bags Mm -hmm. and she goes I'm not your servant and they go you kind of are and she tells them that she has to go to work in 20 minutes this is Kat our Cinderella is Kat I feel like we've had a Cinderella named Kat before maybe not I don't know I don't remember the Cinderverse is too big now okay I'm sorry okay So let's describe the family real quick, just so that we don't have to do it again. Yes. Kat is kind of short and thin. She has a shoulder length, vaguely wavy brown hair with sort of golden tips. I don't like her hair at all. She's very pale. She has delicate features. She looks Uh, very elvish. She does. She will look elvish most of the time. Mm, Okay. All right. Deirdre, our stepmother, is uh, very curvy. She has very fake red dyed hair that is all in big curls all the time our stepsisters again are the tall and sarcastic short and stupid combo the tall one is named joy and she's kind of pinched looking and she has 
dark hair that's usually pulled back from her face. We're told at the end of the movie that it's red, but her hair is brown, guys. It's brown. She yeah. wears it up in these bizarre, massive ponytails, bun things on the top of her head. Just, she's always got the weirdest styles. The shorter, stupid sister is Grace, and she has very unflattering bangs and sort of straight, mousy brown hair. It's kind of like a grown-out bowl cut. She's supposed to be chubby, I think, but she's not. She's just normal-sized. We get some chubby jokes. We've seen ditzy stepsisters before, and we've seen not very clever stepsisters before. Grace is the dumbest stepsister that we've seen so far. Grace is Grace rises to a new level of stupid. To the point where I almost feel bad making fun of her. Her jokes aren't even funny. They're, she's so stupid that that she can't even be aware of what's going on. So all of her punchlines fall really flat because she is completely unaware of what's happening. She just so, can't comprehend it. Nothing that she does is funny. Nothing that anyone does is funny. But I disagree. Jokes, that's fine. We can disagree. We'll talk about it later. So okay, so those are our steppies and our Cinderella. We then on the same street cut to a group of hot people three rich snotty boys and two snotty hot girls behind them the boys are talking about the hot girls and one of them is saying skylar's really hot everyone's really into her and one of the guys says oh i think she's too into her insta one of them says i have to go to work and his friends say oh you don't pretend you have to go to work you like it it's like you want to be poor and we find out that the guy who has to go to work is named Dominic Wintergarden. He sure is. And they say his full name all the time. All the time. We got King Kindheart in the last one. I, I feel like that was more subtle than Dominic Wintergarden. In the Christmas movie. Why don't they just... Never mind, that's inappropriate for the main feed. We'll talk about it later. Okay. All right. So the stepsisters notice Dominic Wintergarden approaching. And they yell, Dominic Wintergarden. He's like a Kardashian, but classy. Oh, God, the sounds that we made. Okay. Yeah. And then there's like some slapstick, and Kat ends up falling with all of the bags on top of her, and the stepsister's Starbucks drinks spill on her, and she's just laying on the ground on her back, just covered in like pink goo. Right at Dominic's feet right at Dominic's feet. It splashes his shoes, which we're told like it ruined his shoes. His friends tell us that later. Joy is filming this on her phone and she's filming something called the joy of kindness. We have not been introduced to her by name yet. So this was an interesting experience for us. Just a very bizarre mean girl going this week on the joy of kindness. So Dominic leans down to Kat and goes, I ordered the decaf. And she starts apologizing, and he takes the straw off her head. Yeah, from out behind her ear. It's supposed to be a cute move. Yeah, she's covered and he, in like, like pink fob. <sighs> and then his friends point out that she ruined his shoes, and she offers to replace them. And they make a a jab about her being poorer than them. And they're like, "Those are couture. You can't get them in Nordstrom Rack." That's what Skylar says. She would be our secondary villain but they forget about her until the very end. They don't give her anything to do. They don't. Skylar is very blonde mm -hmm. and mean. And then we cut to elves out of nowhere. Just people in very stereotypical 
green short outfits with red stripy just your traditional christmas elves and an angry black man comes in wearing a red suit with little santas on it and says all performers in costume at all times equal magic i guess this is what we're doing now this is mr mujiza every time he appears he just yells and then he leaves Cat mm-hmm. is late for work which we find out that she is often late for work and her friend isla is covering for her isla is also dressed like an elf everyone will be dressed like an elf unless we specify otherwise assume that the people are dressed like elves oh god you gotta do this next part i can't i can't so then cat walks in and she and isla are sitting at the mirrors getting ready because this is a dressing room of some kind and there's a guy wearing a santa outfit with the beard and the mustache attempting to stuff a pillow under his suit he is very young and doesn't look like santa at all and this is our hot santa and this Mm -hmm. is the love interest yes this is how we're introduced to him again yeah he says he's the new santa and he goes by nick and cat and And nick have kind of a flirty bit and he says have we met and cat goes sort of hard to tell with all the and sort of waves her hand at his white beard mustache wig santa hat ensemble and then the pillow balloon thing that he was trying to put under his Santa robe, which made him look like he was pregnant with quintuplets, by the way. It wasn't a fat suit. It wasn't like a pillow. It was just, I'm pregnant with reindeer. <laughs> and he, he just decides not to. He just decides to be skinny Santa. Yeah, she tells him that he fills out the suit quite nicely. Ew, it was gross. And then she goes, I mean, um, and then my note goes, are we supposed to be attracted to Santa? Question mark, question mark. And at this point, like I wasn't on board yet, but I'm fully on board. So I'm going to spoil it for you listeners. We spend all of our romantic time with our prince. He's in a full Santa costume. The entire time. The entire time with the beard and the mustache and the white wig and the hat and the red suit. The whole time, our prince is dressed as Santa Claus. I hadn't, I did not read the synopsis coming into this one because I did a stupid today and was too busy, but I was hoping that Santa would be the fairy godmother. There would be a Santa fairy godmother who would come in to grant, oh, I don't know, a Christmas wish. I was not expecting a Santa prince. I wasn't prepared. I'm so happy this happened. So in this scene, we also find out that Kat writes the music for all of the songs that they sing which I find like very questionable. Yep. And then we see her friend Isla singing the song that she wrote on stage and dancing with like boy elves. Mm-hmm. And it goes like toys, 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 I can't wait, etc. This is just the toys, toys, toys song. Uh, I hate it. It's a terrible song. Cat and- comes out and starts to sing with Isla and she's auto-tuned. She's got an auto-tune and an auto-reverb in her unmiked natural voice which i hate and this is a song for children but she's singing it kind of flirty towards santa but it's for kids and it shows us multiple shots of small children in the audience but she's sexily singing this again toys 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 song towards young santa who's ripped i hate it i hate it i hate it i'm good i'm fine she also does a lot of vocal flourishes like she thinks she's mariah carey in this christmas number yeah here's the thing she has a nice enough voice if they would just 
not auto-tune and auto-reverb it. Her voice is fine. It's okay. She doesn't need that. It's terrible with that. She can just have an okay voice. It's okay. So in the next scene, Isla and Kat are counting out their tips. And Kat gets $58, which is not a bad haul, she says. But at this rate, she'll get an apartment when she's 40. And then Isla teases her about the hot new Santa. And Kat pretends that she doesn't know what Isla's talking about. And tells her about her mortifying adventure with her stepsisters and Dominic Wintergarden. And Kat says, I swear, if I ever saw Dominic again, I'd die. And Isla goes, well, don't worry. It's not going to happen because we run in very different circles. But you know who does run in our circle? Sexy Santa. And I don't think there's rules about hooking up with Santa. And I just hated it. I don't. Look, if you're in to Santa kink, that's fine. I'm not. And I didn't like how much it was just included in this movie. (laughs) You have to get into the Christmas spirit, love. I hate Christmas. All right. In the next scene, Kat comes home and says, I'm sorry I'm late. And Deirdre, our stepmother, walks in in sort of a weird evening gown and goes, how dare you just waltz in here after a night on the town? Kat goes, I was at work. And Deirdre goes, tomato, tomato, which was a little bit funny. Mm -hmm. And then we see a small French bulldog in a wheelchair, in a little rolly cart wheelchair. Yep. And we're told that that horrible dog peed in the corner. And Kat goes, well, did anyone let him out? And the step family all goes, no. And she goes, okay, I'll, I'll clean that up. And basically say, see that you do. And they give her a ton of chores. Clean the hair out of the shower drain. Febreze all my shoes. Wash the floors, dishes, something. Kat is saying, you know, I work six hours a day at the Santa land and I do a singing telegram business and Joy says ah stop bragging and (laughs) Kat's like I'm not bragging I'm just I I work and the step family is sending out fancy invitations they're putting stamps on things and writing out addresses because they've been there for two months and they haven't received an invitation to anything at which point we think that Maybe they're going to be the ones that are throwing the ball, but they're not. So this is just a weird thing that doesn't go anywhere and leads to nothing. I think they're not invitations. I think they're just Christmas cards and they're just sending them to all the rich people in the neighborhood. That is what's happening, but it's so unclear because they never say these are Christmas cards. They just, they're envelopes. It was confusing. So there's two other things that happen in this scene. Deidre takes Kat's money because she says that the dog food is expensive. And she also tells us that she gets to use any of the money that Kat's dad left her until she turns 18 and anything can happen in four months. So she better do what she says. And then we get another song. And then we get another song. About magic in the air. Sure. This song is instigated by shaking a snow globe with a single thing inside of it. We can't see what it is. We never get a close-up to see what it is. So it just sort of looks like it's maybe a statue of her dad inside this snow globe. It's, it's not, but that's what I thought it was for a long time. It's like a twisty metal thing in the middle of it. It just looks like a modern art sculpture. Yeah, it's just a single iteration of a, of a double helix. It's weird. Uh, this song, thank God, is ended when the stepmother opens her door 
and the stepmother's jaw is wrapped like she's a zombie and then she closes the door and then we're done with that scene and then we see a swimming pool with an old man in it yeah there's a dude swimming laps and i'm like oh are we gonna get like a shirtless shot of a hot guy nope no no that's not what happens nope (laughs) (laughs) nope this is another topless old man is swimming this is how we meet the king dominic's father and i was like i don't i don't want old king cole swimming to be a theme if we get a third one it'll be a pattern i don't want that i hope this never happens again so dominic walks in and he's trying to ask his dad something and he's like for this year's gala i want to do something with the entertainment but the dad's cell phone rings and he picks it up and dominic is crestfallen and starts walking away but then the dad goes nick tell me what you had in your mind and he's like no never mind and he walks up anyway yeah and then and the dad goes back to his phone call they're trying to go for the my father is rich and too busy for me and i'm lonely and sad about it but they fail they do not hit that mark no not at all yeah this is a dad who is definitely busy because he as we find out later is a billionaire with a b that's a direct quote it's a direct quote several times we get that oh god i hated it this is also the first time we see somebody called dominic nick and that's our first hint that dominic is our sexy santa other than it being obvious yeah i'm sorry if i ruined that for you whatever it's fine it's fine but yeah so his dad is busy because he's a businessman but he stops and has time for his son so they very much miss the mark it was a weird scene it didn't have to be in a pool we cut to the stepsisters and joy is saying that her video of cat falling down with drink on her face is going viral it has over ten thousand views and deirdre is also in the room with them announcing that she has intentions to marry dominic's father mr wintergarden mr wintergarden because his wife is also dead and she says you know i need to find a connection i need to find a way to get invited to that party essentially she also says that it left poor dominic without a mommy oh yeah and that was the worst thing that happened to me yeah i mean so far then grace goes i can't i don't have the whole lot my notes just say grace says dead dad dead dad dead dad yeah so she goes dead dad and they're like what and she's like dead dad and they still don't get it so she spells it out for them and she's like they were besties and it's all in cat's photo books yeah finally they're like do you mean jason and she's like yeah dead dad it was horrific it went on for so long yeah uh so they all pile into cat's room and go through all of her picture albums uh her dad did a lot of exploring work and uh, wild animal rehabilitation rescue stuff with mr wintergarden whose name is terence we find out later and they're trying to find stuff i guess they make fun of her song lyrics in this red journal that she has and then one of the stepsisters picks up the snow globe and it's joy and joy is saying oh she loves this thing i don't even know why she likes it blah, 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 blah. and deirdre sees the bottom of it and says oh it's from one of the trips to antarctica or something it's from the north pole Liv. i was close it's christmas of course it's from the north pole i didn't even make that connection so it's inscribed make... with that and the date yeah okay 
And they think that this is going to be some sort of talisman that's going to let them get in with Mr. Wintergarden. Yeah, so they steal it. Yeah, and have Joy hide it in her room. And then we get a voiceover of Deirdre sending a, my note says, sad, sexy introduction email to Wintergarden. Yes. Okay, cool. Yeah, she, she balanced that line like really well. Really? <laughs> is, is really well the word we want to go for? Okay. Really skillfully. It was impressive. It was, she did so very skillfully. I'll, I'll give you that. It ends with basically my dead husband considered you family and so shall I. We relocated here last year and we're usually free during the holidays because we spend our days helping sick and homeless animals. Yeah. Cat comes in just then with an armful of groceries and says, why is all my stuff out? And the stepsisters go, um, it, it was the dog. It's everywhere. Put it away. Also, the dog pooped in the corner. And Grace goes, it's okay. I took care of it. And Kat looks up with just this genuine smile on her face and goes, you did? And Grace goes, yeah, I put it in your bed. And Kat flees to her room, obviously, to get the poo out of her bed and immediately goes, where's my snow globe? Grace starts to answer and they clap hands over her mouth to keep her from talking and go, we have no idea. She asked them to help her look for it. Like, she yeah. thinks they're going to do her a favor? Yeah. Her interactions with the step family are bizarre, bordering on delusional. Yeah. we find out later, we, we always wonder about the timeline. You know, how long has the father been dead? We find out that he has been dead for several years. So several is more than two. So she spent at least, at least two years living with this daily. And we can only assume that it started immediately because this family is terrible. I mean, they told her to her face that they think of her as a servant. Yes. It's a point of sort of daily news with Isla of what horrible thing my stepsisters did to me today. So the fact that she goes to them for help and then asks them for stuff and occasionally responds to their comments as though they were rational. Or in is, good faith. Or in good faith is, I think it's delusional. It, and it was uncomfortable for me. I didn't like it. A lot of the scenes with her family were really really deeply uncomfortable because she was just constantly in this position where she was being abused and she just stood there and apologized and it was oh. so hard to watch yeah the amount of apologizing that she does to her stepfamily is deeply upsetting because you can tell that she thinks that they're right yeah on some level yeah she's internalized some of it and i didn't like it at all mm -mm. Mm -mm. so fortunately we cut to santa land that was we... what I never thought I'd say. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so Nick dressed as Santa, again, as Santa. And she's dressed as an elf, by the way, with like pink hair and little elf ears and a little elf hat. It's green. Nick notices that she's been sort of quiet, that she's down and asks if she's okay, which is nice. I, I like this prince. I like Nick, I think, the best of all the princes in the Another Cinderella Story universe. Oh, for sure. Yeah, because he genuinely notices when things are wrong with her. They have more than one day together to get to know each other. We're told it's five days before Christmas because they have a sign where they write how many days it yes. is. Mm -hmm. So presumably they hang out for like four days. Yeah, they got a couple of days together. And he genuinely notices that she's down, that she's quiet, that she seems troubled and asks her about it. And she goes, oh, nothing. It's fine. And he's like, well, it's pretty clearly not fine like you seem really down is there anything I can do to help you know can I listen to you and I liked that mm -hmm. 
that was very good princely behavior that was good what follows is not so good follows is horrible you do it i'm not talking about it i'm not i'm not talking about it so cat says that the holidays make her think of her parents and nick goes oh where are they and cat's like well my mother died when i was eight and my dad died a couple years ago and what he chooses to respond to this with is come sit on santa's lap and tell me what you want for christmas little elf and she says that's incredibly creepy which thank god that's what she said because we both started to audibly gag we were just visceral response to that line because he doesn't say it in his normal voice which is just normal sexy guy voice he says it in this come in i can't i can't i'm sorry well he has a santa voice and he uses with the kids it's a gross santa voice it's creepy i don't like it and he said it in his santa voice yeah so i'm between kids coming up to them oh yeah no they're on stage there will be a child to interrupt the scene in a minute so i'm really happy that she responds with that's so incredibly creepy i liked that he agrees and asks her what's your christmas wish for real and she tells him that she wants to write and sing songs for like movies and broadway shows and sell out arenas and she apologizes for sounding so cringy but he tells her you know you sing great if you write as well as you sing what's holding you back and she tells him the line that her dad always told her if you can dream it you can be it you get this line so many times we also made audible sounds with this one so i want to interrupt this with a real quick question do you think this line is better or worse than the don't let the fear of striking out keep you from playing the game tagline from the dead dad i think it's worse i think it's worse too it's just more cheesy and more pointless and vaguer and stupider if you dreamed it you can be it i that let me tell you about my nightmares sir i do not want to do that well it sounds like her dad was very wealthy yes so for him maybe that's true like if you can think of it you can just have it yeah the there's a lot of bizarre rich people propaganda in this movie and i also didn't like that yeah the rich people are nice i mean there's always there's always an undertone of rich people propaganda because we always get a prince he's either literal royalty or he's super famous and we can assume extremely wealthy but this movie is really really upfront about it your friendly neighborhood billionaire is just a hard line to sell you know today they kept trying to engage with the fact that they were like incredibly wealthy and then like they couldn't follow through on it so yeah, they would like, just drop it again and so mr wintergarden terry owns santa land which is why dominic works there and it's a point of drama later i guess he also owns like hotels and other yeah. things which means that he's a billionaire and he hires elves to work at his santa land and they work for tips and here's the thing when you work for tips by law you don't have to get paid minimum wage like servers i think legally get paid two dollars and 13 cents an hour now today in 20, 2021 whatever year this is and then the rest of their income is just tips and so he's paying them significantly less than minimum wage and certainly less than a livable wage and we stress over and over that he's a billionaire i'm trying so hard not to swear guys i'm trying so hard so anyway okay where are we are we done no 
No, okay. we're not done. So then Kat tells him, it's your turn. And he like whispers to her, I have a couple of bands. And she's like, why are you whispering? And he's like, I don't want my dad to find out. And she's <laughs> like, is your dad Mr. Mujiza? Which is really like, cute. That was a funny line. <laughs> I like that. And he's like, keep it on the DL. And then it turns out that when he says he has a couple bands, it means he manages them. I don't know what that means. Me neither. And they're called Trash File, and another one is called DJ Sock Puppet. Yeah. And she's heard of DJ Sock Puppet, and she's excited about that. She asks, why do you want to keep this from your dad? And he responds, I just don't think it's what he had in mind for me, and I wouldn't want to disappoint him. She goes, I I don't think that would disappoint him and he goes you know I don't think your dad would be disappointed in you either it's it's a cute moment between them this is all interspersed with kids coming up and sitting on his lap and him doing his Santa voice we get the scene in multiple parts you know I blocked that from my mind and now you put it back there so nah, not happy <laughs> <laughs> so there's a knock on a door and it's a man in glasses that we haven't seen before we get his name later I don't remember what it is. I think it's Scott. <laughs> okay, Scott. And Deidre opens the door with like a face mask on, like one of those green ones that covers your face. And she basically tells him we're not interested and closes the door on him. And he says, I'm here on behalf of Mr. Wintergarden. And of course she opens the door and goes, come in, come in. And asks him if he wants a refreshment or coffee or something stronger. And he tells her he's working and asks for the lady of the house, at which point she takes off her overrobe. Which is blue fuzzy. It's a blue fuzzy overrobe. And I say overrobe because she's wearing like a silky robe underneath it. Yeah, it's a silky sort of dark red, brown, green floral robe, you know, like leaf patterns. But both of our immediate responses was, oh, please don't be naked, which thank God she's not. It was like that scene in Emperor's New Groove where Yzma's lifting her skirt. Oh, yeah. And they're relieved to find out that she's got a dagger. Yes. Or whatever it is. Yeah. It was That's, like that. It was very like that. That was the experience that we had. So she tells him that he found her. And then Bruno, the dog, comes on the scene. And she's like, oh, that's just Bruno. Ignore him. We can't get rid of him. And Scott is like, oh, Mr. Wintergarden loves special animals. And <laughs> she immediately pivots to, and he can't get rid of us. We just love him. And then she takes off her robe again. And we freaked out again. And underneath, she's wearing like a slip. Yeah, like a dark red slip. So, to be fair, as a jump scare, it did get me. I don't know if that was intended to be a jump scare, but it succeeded. I was worried the first time, and then I was equally worried the second time. So they got me with the same trick twice. Yeah, which, you know, well done, movie. So Scott hands her two invitations to the gala and a personal letter to her and Catherine. And she goes, I have two daughters. My youngest daughter is special. And he's like, I'm sorry, I only have one daughter on the list. And she goes, special like the dog. And it is a charity, a Christmas charity. And she sticks her hand out and he reluctantly puts another invitation in her hand okay. and then leaves and she yells, thanks, so excited to be helping the hippos and all that. And yeah. that's the end of that scene. Blessedly. <sighs> this scene is dumb. I'd, I'd like to skip this scene. Isla is saying, yo, hot Santa's super into you. You want some? And then they sing Jangle Bells because they do singing telegrams where they go to people's houses and sing 
Christmas carols in unison. We know they can sing in harmony, but they're doing Christmas carols in unison. Yep. Yep. Okay. And then we cut to Dom's house, and he is he's booked DJ Sock Puppet. Oh, and that's he- what that means. I'm looking at my notes, <laughs> and it says DJ Sock Puppet bored by Nick. Yep. <laughs> okay, I'm glad I could help you out with that. Thomas book DJ Sock Puppet and he tells his friend, this is his black friend, his other friend is Indian or Middle Eastern of some kind. I don't know. His black friend is the nicer one of the two. This is uh, Noah, we find out at, at the, the very, very end. end. And Noah immediately is like, oh, there's a girl. I know there's a girl. You've got a goofy look on your face. And Dom's saying, oh, no, she's just, I'm not. She's just easy to talk to. And Noah goes, oh, you're in love. You're obviously in love. Look at your face. I want to meet your boo. Does she have a sister? And they leave. On one hand, ew, didn't like it. On the other hand, I like that his friend knew his facial expressions and was happy that he was into a girl and wants him to be happy. Yeah, it was nice. I thought it was nice. It was nice in a gross way. It was, I don't know how to phrase it. It wasn't my least favorite thing. We cut back to the step family and Joy is dramatically pouting that she can't go to, to the gala. And finally, the stepmother and Joy hit upon the idea that they can just pretend that Joy is Cat because Mr. Wintergarden has not seen Cat since she was a small girl. And they can just say that she grew up into Joy. And there's a dead squirrel as a star on the Christmas tree. That's just my next note. Yes. They're also doing British accents because they're oh they think it's fancy and Deidre keeps telling them not to do the British accents they will continue to do the British accents for the entire movie it will be the most terrible running non-joke I didn't write it down because I was like oh well this can't this can't possibly be a recurring thing it was a worse running joke than the taxidermied sparkles dog in the last one Ooh, I would rather have a taxidermied sparkles dog than the posh accent would you rather have a taxidermid squirrel on top of a Christmas tree with like little angel wings? Or would you rather have a taxidermid dog in a purse? Oh, I definitely rather have the squirrel. Okay. But if we're trading out running jokes, the squirrel is not a running joke. The squirrel happens once and is on screen for less than five seconds. So absolutely. They also never explain it. They never explain it. But you know, they also don't carry it around with them in a little bag and talk to it and make barky noises for it. So definitely better than the taxidermy dog. But I still say the taxidermy dog is better than the stupid posh accent running joke. That's just my opinion. (laughs) That's fair. So Kat comes home. The stepmother's being very suspicious about, oh, Merry Christmas and you can eat dinner with us. Kat has brought home Chinese food because it's a Christmas tradition. Several days before Christmas, I guess. Deirdre tells Joy, no carbs, you'll get fat. So good. Love food jokes. And she moves something out of range. We can't see what it is. Kat then goes to her room and is again lamenting you know where is my snow globe where could it be and bruno the dog in a wheelchair takes her to joy's room and starts pawing under the bed where there's very obviously a snow globe but before she can see it the stepsisters walk in on her and say you know how dare you break into our room and she apologizes so genuinely like i'm so sorry i'll never do it again i just i followed bruno in here and the stepmother goes if he led you into oncoming traffic would you follow him and joy goes we can only help and I'm just like, oh, ew. Because she's apologizing so sincerely for invading their privacy. Even though they just went into her room and took all of her stuff out, which she knows 
because all of her stuff was out. Yep. That's and the, the part that, that kills me. Like, wh where does she think the snow globes go? Snow globes don't just locomote themselves about. There's only the four of them in the house. I Yeah, it's amazing to me that she didn't suspect her stepsisters immediately when her snow globe went missing. Can I break into here and tell you a really quick story about a time something went missing? Because I yeah. don't want to talk about the Cinderella. Sure. So one time my mom got out $300 from the bank in money and put it in the little jar next to her bed where she used to keep money. And the next day it was not there. And my mom was like, super trusted me. We never had any issues. I never went into her purse, but she was like, Hey honey, I absolutely don't think you took the money from here, but there's only the two of us in the house and the <laughs> money's not here. Can you help me with this? And I'm like, yeah, I have no idea where it is. And I, I didn't think she was accusing me of anything because she trusted me and I didn't take it. And there's no reason that I would have taken it because I didn't want anything. And so I go into her room and what happened is she had taken a sleeping pill and in her completely sleepy drugged up state had taken it out of the little jar and put it in the box of q-tips underneath all the q-tips oh my god and it was just it was it was the funniest and she was apologetic for even asking me because she was like i'm so sorry i didn't think you took it but there's only the two and i'm like hey i'm not mad the thing isn't where you put it and there's only the two of us in the house <laughs> this is a very reasonable question to ask and is no way insulting the fact that this stupid Cinderella cannot figure out that one of the other aggressively antagonistic humans in this house has moved her prized possession just boggles my mind and makes me so angry. Yeah, there's not a lot of options there. No. In the scene, Joy is also wearing a see-through butterfly boob crop top. In an earlier scene, Kat was wearing a crop top ugly Christmas sweater. So the clothes she in this were sure strange. was. And so at the end of the scene, the camera pans dramatically to show us that the snow globe is under the bed, as if we couldn't Didn't have figured that. that out. Yeah, as if that was going to be a surprise. And now it's four days until Christmas. Okay. Kat and Isla are having another talk about how Kat deserves so much better. And she's like, I have better. And they hug. It's very sweet. And okay. then Santa walks in and Isla makes herself scarce by announcing she's going to go feed the reindeer. And they both respond at the same time, we don't have reindeer. It was kind of cute. So Santa asks her if there's anything he can help with. I hate that he's Santa the whole time. I mean, I like that she doesn't know who he is, but I hate that he's literally dressed as Santa. And then he tells her that even her elf ears look sad. And then he makes like sad ear motions with his hands. Yep. Which I thought was really cute. It was kind of cute. I begrudgingly liked it. So he hands her the invitation to the winter green gala and she's like how and he's winter like garden gala it's a winter garden gala what did i say <laughs> you said winter green <laughs> that's what it says in my notes because it auto corrected <laughs> oh that's the best so he hands her an invite to the winter garden gala and is like i know someone who knows someone and she's kind of freaking out and she's like oh this is really generous i can't accept this and he's like, no, I want you to have it. There's going to be music and animals and cheese. And she's like, ah, cheese. Music and animals and cheese. Oh, and then God. she says that it's the nicest thing anyone's ever done for her. Such a sad line. Yeah. That line is really sad. I think it's supposed to be endearing, but it's not. It's just tragic. That's a tragic line. And they're like walking out of the dressing area as they're talking. 
and she has her seeing telegram sign up on the bulletin board and the camera shows us very pointedly Santa noticing it. Yes. So Isla got hired to do costumes at the gala we find out in the next scene. And Kat is still waffling about, oh, should I go? Not or I go? I don't know if I should go. The event is based on animals and singing, we find out. Which, by the way, it's not. We see the party at the end. It's not. There were no animals there. And also, if you're doing, like, animal conservation, you shouldn't have animals at your party. Like, they should be out in the wild. Yeah, it was... But it wasn't even a theme. I don't... Why was there a we help endangered and injured animals theme in this so that we like the rich people because it's everywhere but it's useless it doesn't do it was it supposed to make me like them yes that's why it's there oh wow did it fail wow i didn't even know that that's what it was trying to do by the way they're walking outside during this scene okay because they see a window with a beautiful dress in it is it beautiful beauty is in the eye of the beholder and they think it's beautiful i agree that they think it's beautiful it's gross. Kat says, I can't go. It's a different world. A world where people wear dresses like that and points to a dress in a shop window. A, it's badly fitted on a mannequin. So it looks terrible on the mannequin that it's on. It is a sleeveless dark green dress. It has sort of a brocaded couch cushion material for a bodice and a very mm, wide dark green tulle skirt that is not shiny or interesting in any way whatsoever and is ugly. But they're very excited about it. Yep. Yep. (laughs) And And Isla tells her that she's due for a Christmas miracle and that she would look amazing in that, I guess. So we cut back to the home and Joy and Grace are in a flurry of trying on dresses, which is actually a really fun scene. I loved the dresses they had on. They were hilarious. They're also showing us the scene from the very top like a bird's eye view yeah so you see all the dresses that are very colorful just strewn around the room it's It's a a really cool shot yeah it's a fun shot it's a fun scene joy is being mean to grace i've got the line if you want it thank you i don't have the lines i couldn't uh joy tells grace that potatoes were sacks better than her deidre tells them to be kind to each other so she says i'm sorry you have the perfect figure for a potato sack and grace is very pleased by that and says thank you because Grace is genuinely not with it. Grace is in a different movie. Grace needs some assistance. And I don't love that she's the butt of every joke. And that she tries to do jokes because it's just not funny. If she were just super ditzy, I would be happier. Yeah, she's not like distracted. She's just very, very stupid. At some point, she'll be mad and she'll say, Joy said that my dress size is bigger than my IQ. I have a very slim IQ and you're just like, yeah, I know you do. And I'm just like, why are you doing this to me? Yikes. Why are you doing this to me personally? I don't like it. (sighs) So the stepmother at this point is actually wearing a very beautiful black dress with a sort of old fashioned lace trim around the collar and sort of a hanging lace sleeve that comes off of her bodice. It looks sort of like the sleeves that Brandy has on her Cinderella, but it's like an old fashioned lace. It's a really pretty dress. This is not what she will be wearing to the ball. This is not what anybody will be wearing to the ball. Why do we have this scene? Because this movie hates me and wanted itself to go on forever until I died. You said you liked this scene. I did like this scene, but I didn't like this movie. Okay. Okay. So Kat walks in and she's like, what is all this? And she's told, we've been invited to a charity. 
And she's like, we have? And they're like, no, no, no. We like us. The three of us. Not we like you. Yeah. I don't have any of the lines in this. I have the fetus line and that's it. I have the fetus line as well. (laughs) They tell her, poor girl, we only received three tickets. And Deidre says that she works hard every day to make these connections and make things happen like this. And what do you think I do all day? And she's like, well, spray tan and go online. And she's like, you could use some spray tan. You look like a fetus. Like a fetus. Yeah, I don't know what that means. Our fetus is known for being exceptionally pale. I don't, that's, pale is not the first thing I think of when I think of fetuses, to be perfectly honest. Pale is not, I mean, if anything, they'd be fairly red because they don't have skin. Yeah. So. So like a zombie monster. So anyway. tiny zombie monster. Liv, snap out of it. (laughs) (laughs) So Kat brings up her father again, and Deidre is like, your father was out saving manatees and other stupid things like that. Get to work. You're as pathetic as your dad was. Yeah. They're dreamers or something. And now so, it's three days until Christmas. Cat's late for work and we see her running in and their boss yells at them. And she's on stage with sexy Santa. God, I hate it. And we get a bunch of freeze frame shots, like Polaroid photos of them. Mm, I don't know why. It's like a montage, but in still frames. It, it will be cute, but nothing's happening. And it's weird that it's in Polaroids, especially since we get that there's pictures of it later on her iPhone. So it was weird. I have a note that says, I want to dance with Father Christmas. And I'm hoping that that was the song and not a personal comment. That was the song. Indeed. I didn't even write that there was a song. Okay. So Chad and Nick are having a flirty time. Are they having a flirty time or are they talking about how one of the kids smelled like they had a lump of coal in their diaper? They are doing that as well. His collar is messed up. She goes to adjust it, which means she has to get close to him and adjust his collar. He's still in the Santa suit. Still in the Santa suit. He's full beard and mustache, guys. (laughs) White wig, red hat. I can't. Enough how much she's just like an elf with little ears and purple hair and a green suit and green leggings and it's just <laughs> and we get the worst thing in the world oh god okay okay so he says oh god he says i want to take my hat off and i feel like we've met before at which point talon and i both went yeah at your job where you work together It's been like a couple days. It's been a while, man. And she says, oh, you know, we can't take our costumes off. Uh, Our boss's rule is all costumes all the time equals magic. And he goes, I still wanted to take my hat off. And she goes, I want you to take it all off. And there's a long, awkward pause. And she goes, I mean, the Santa bit. And then we get... What do we get, Liv? We get a Santa striptease, Talon. We get a Santa striptease. There is no other way to describe it. There's it's a Santa no striptease. Other way to describe it because that's what happened. He takes off his hat and wig, and she sees that he has brown hair, and he gives her flirty, waggly eyebrows. And she takes off her elf ears and gives him a flirty smile. And then he slowly and sexily takes off his Santa mustache, <laughs> his white curly cue Santa mustache, and <laughs> and then he takes off his beard. At which point she stops 
her part of the Santa themed striptease and says, Oh my God, you're Dominic Wintergarden. And she freaks out and she goes, I, I can't take my costume off. Your dad owns this place. I could lose my job. To which he responds, That's a good point. I understand. And then says, The gala, let's meet there like a blind date. That's not how blind dates work. And he says, I want to kiss you. And they get very close and they almost kiss. And then Isla interrupts with, we're on now. Sees that they're about to kiss and goes, or we could be on later and leaves. And then their boss interrupts them again with more stuff. He tells them, do you want to be singing elves or toilet scrubbing elves on stage now? Um, I just have a line that says what is happening. <laughs> why Why was there a Santa striptease, Tom? Why did that happen to me? It was just a very festive Christmassy striptease. He also said, I took off my, now you take off yours. <laughs> I wish you could all see Liv's face right now. Oh, God, I'm in so much pain. I hate this movie. This I did not want a Santa striptease. If I, if I ever want to watch a Santa striptease, the internet exists. I can find that. I don't want to find that. It needs to stay in its own lane in the internet, not on my computer. In a Cinderella movie. In a Cinderella. I thought my Cinderella verse was going to be safe from Santa-themed strip teases, but I guess I have to lower my expectations again. That's going on our list of after-party worsts of what terrible thing would you like to not have happen in the Cinderella ever again? Santa strip teases. I never want there to be another Santa strip tease, ever. I can't imagine how it could ever come up again. Don't say that. It'll happen again. God, you just jinxed us. What's wrong with you? So Kat comes home and she's singing to herself. And Deidre is sitting in the dark and flips on the light. And she's got like a glass of wine in her hand. And she goes very menacingly, hello, dear. You seem happy. And Kat's like, no, I'm not. I mean, I'm not not happy. I mean, where is everyone? And Deidre's like, it's just us girls. They're and, out. And yeah. Like, is she going to murder her? Is this going to be a murder? Because if this turns into a murder, Cinderella, I'm back on board. And Kat's like, are you okay? And Deidre's like, we never spend any time together. And then they start talking about Kat's music. And Deidre's like, it's your dream to write songs, isn't it? Aren't dreams wonderful? I used to have dreams. I used to be a beautiful dancer. I was going to be a prima ballerina. I didn't always look like this. I had the best arabesque in New Mexico. But then bunions ruined my beautiful dancing feet. And then we get a gratuitous foot shot of like a really gross foot with a big onion. Yeah, my notes go, I had dreams. I was a beautiful dancer. I want to be a prima ballerina. Then I got bunions. Why is this happening to me? Deidre says, I was a true artist and I can still recognize talent. And there's a long pause and she goes, and you, my dear, don't have it. Keep your job at Santa Land. That's all you're ever going to be. You should bring your book because it's just going to remind you of all your unfulfilled dreams and then the stepsisters come in with the weight and IQ line yep yep and now it's two days before christmas yep there's a pep talk happening i have it in my notes that cat is giving isla a pep talk but i think that's backwards yeah isla's giving cat a pep talk in like a cafe yes so isla's saying so what happened when he you know did he recognize you from the starbucks video and Kat goes, he doesn't recognize me. I didn't take off my outfit. And confesses that she really likes him. But when he finds out that she's Starbucks girl, because that video is still viral, I guess, he'll never want to see me again. And she's very concerned about it. She's also very concerned about her knockoff brands. And that keeps coming up. It won't ever matter. There's never a payoff for that. And then Isla says something. Talon, 
you really liked this line and really wanted it to be in this podcast. So what was the line that Isla tells Kat? Oh, I went back for this line. Like I willingly watched a part of this movie again to get this line for you all. Uh, so Isla says, I, as you know, am a hopeless romantic. And when I see a love garden trying to blossom, I have to tend to its soil. I'm the gardener of love, Cat. Those are the words that she says with her mouth. Those are the words that she says into the camera with her face hole that were written down by somebody. And somebody signed off on that line and said, that's a good line. I want to keep that line in my movie. <sighs> and she says, after the I'm the gardener of love, she finishes that with, so I'm going to need you to go to that gala and get that man. And I got you something. And Kat goes, you didn't buy the dress. It was like a fortune. And Isla goes, no, I did not buy the dress. I made it. Sure. In the day. My mom's a, a dressmaker, uh, everybody, and does uh, historical costumes. Dresses take so long to make. Um, like a lot of time. And uh, patterns also take a long time to make. Also, fitting them to somebody takes a long time. None of this happens fast. So... It also looked like the bodice was embroidered. Like, that can't, you can't. You can't, no. The dress that she makes, we do see it in full. The, the dress is worn later, and it is prettier than the one that was in the window. So I'll give her that. It fits better. It fits better, and the, the bodice is more of a full corset and less of sort of just a boob thing, and it, it looks better. So it's still not great, but it's better. The dress is currently in a giant gift box. So they cry and they hug. And then we cut to Santa Land again, and Kat and Nick are cleaning up from the day. They're sweeping and getting rid of stuff, and they start to talk at the same time, like, oh, hey, we haven't really talked much today. Oh, we didn't. They keep interrupting each other and pausing. And she says, you know, hey, we didn't really get to talk about our almost kiss. And I don't know, there's some more sexy banter. And then he goes, are you really going to make me wait two whole days to see you in your human form? which was genuinely a cute line that was genuinely adorable i love it it's great yeah and kat says so how would your girlfriend feel about our almost kiss you have a zillion insta girlfriends what what is an insta girlfriend is it like a girl who likes a bunch of your pictures and you like her pictures on instagram or is it insta is in like right now like insta coffee I, I don't know if that means you have a bunch of girlfriends just waiting to go or if a bunch of girls like your stuff on Instagram, which I don't think that Insta girlfriend is a thing. I don't know what the kids are doing nowadays. I don't know. Fortunately, neither does Dom. He goes, what does that even mean? And he says, people are quick to judge. They tell you who you're dating and who your friends are. I don't even know who my friends are anymore. Which is the only real thing that rich people do have that's a problem. Yeah, no. I, I don't feel bad for him. I don't feel bad about it either. But the genuine, I'm not sure if people like me for me or my money is genuinely a problem like when people win the lottery not even usually every time someone wins the lottery it completely ruins their life because they lose their entire friend group because everybody wants money from them and then like their lives are just destroyed yep yeah if you win the lottery uh your life is about to be destroyed don't tell anyone get a trust it's not get in a your lawyer name. don't tell anyone don't buy anything fancy you can't do anything with it um you can like anonymously pay off some stuff from grants that are separate from you but genuinely it's going to ruin your entire life anyway anyways so cat apologizes and says i'm sorry that's tough i'm lucky to have isla and dom goes yeah that's true we should all hang out sometime and then he starts to sing yeah and i'm i'm gonna read my notes okay my notes go and then he starts singing santa brought me to you 
and they sang the stupidest worst loves duet i actively started to cry and just took out my headphones i hate every second of this i can't i will literally die i hate this i'm not even listening i'm just watching it on the screen and i hate it so much she flies whatever i hate it hate it hate it hate it hate it hate it so that's what <laughs> happened to me in that scene i didn't listen to that song i literally took my headphones out i couldn't so, do it i started to cry <laughs> so dominic is like singing a song to her and then she starts singing too and they're like doing a dance and singing and this is not happening in universe this is like a musical number before all of the musical numbers were happening like within the context of the story but this is like a musical like that you would see on broadway kind of but it's taking place on the set of this santa town thing so it is happening to both of them neither of them are imagining this it's a weird question about what is and isn't reality in this movie that i don't think this movie was like prepared to address but anyway Dominic at this point has taken off his Santa beard and mustache, but he's still wearing the Santa outfit. And Kat is in her elf getup with the wig. It's yeah. pink. So for whatever reason, they're now on a carousel. And the song is like, Santa brought me to you. I'm no longer a little kid. Santa's bringing me something different this year. And then they both climb on a ladder. And then they're like running on a bridge. And he throws up snow. And they go, Santa brought me to you, and they hold the you really, really long. And then I also have the note, she's flying, question mark, question mark, because she jumps off something, but she like levitates in the air for a beat too long, and it's bizarre. Very bizarre. And then they're holding each other, and it fades to black, so I don't know how they disentangled each other from there. I do not regret my decision to take my headphones out for that. I don't think I would have made it. I think we would have had to stop the record. It was I incredible. I was laughing the entire time. <laughs> I was crying the entire time. Like I had such a rough day and this movie just broke me. I was, I just was like, I, I can't, I can't. I will not be able to stop crying. I have to not listen to this. I was cackling. <laughs> so we finished that horrific song and Kat returns home carrying her dress box and she's very happy. And she goes to her room and the stepmother sort of sneakily opens her own bedroom door and sort of stands in the hallway as though she's surprised that child that lives under her roof is returning this was really weird it's not like she saw her carrying a package she just saw her coming home like her door closing you know like you do when you get home it was weird so cat's humming to herself and she talks to bruno the dog about her day and asks you know where she should hide these things where no one can find it and bruno suggests that she hide the dress and the invite under his very tiny dog bed because he's a bulldog he's little small and so she does so and she hides the dress and the letter under his little dog bed and she lies on the back on her bed happily when you say that he suggests what that means is that bruno goes to his dog bed and she's like oh yes great idea bruno no and pause at the underneath of it he he goes to his bed and sort of digs around the base of it from the outside to sort of lift it up and suggest here you should hide it under my dog bed bruno is full of christmas magic bruno is sentient which is concerning but not quite as concerning as what happens the next day uh, the very next scene is cat waking up the next morning and she sort of leans down and goes bruno and we see his empty bed and she goes bruno where are you and we hear sort of doggy sounds in the other room and i am immediately five alarm fire distressed i do not like it when cinderella has a pet because that pet can be used against her nothing bad happens to the dog the dog is perfectly fine the dog is never in any danger i was in a panic this entire scene 
that's fair yeah because she walks out and deirdre is holding the dog in her arms like a bond villain holds a cat she's also wearing a very dramatic dress and it's very early in the morning and cat's surprised that she's up yes so it's all for the drama it's definitely all for the drama grace comes out as well to add to this drama and cat is very confused cat's just like seriously did you rehearse this what's happening well, so Deidre is like, you've been lying to us, Catherine. And been, she's just standing there like, what? And then Grace shifts into the doorway, is also in a very fancy dress and goes, you've upset mother. Oh God, right. I forgot that line. I think stepmother also goes, you've been hiding something from us. And then Joy descends the staircase wearing the dress that Isla made. Yeah, it's really sad. It is really sad. Here's the thing. I was really distracted because the stepmother is still holding the dog that has to be in a wheelchair. So as much as I was very upset that they have gone into her room and stolen a present that her friend lovingly spent hours and hours and hours and broke the time dimension to make, I am much more worried about this handicapped dog. Yeah. So stepmother hands the dog to Grace, which again, I was also concerned about because we've established that Grace is not with it. She's not responsible enough to hold a dog. No, no, especially not a dog that's a special needs dog. But nothing happens with the dog. Grace just leaves uh, with the dog. Deirdre then waves around the invite that Dom gave to Kat for the wintering party, for the winter garden party. (laughs) 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 It's a stupid name. For the winter garden party, Kat is just begging her, just please, can I have it back? I never ask you for anything. And Deirdre just straight up slowly lights it on fire in a candle in a with a candle and holds it while it burns all uh, the whole way just a big dramatic fire in her hand and continues to say very mean things as the cat is just pleading with her and and apologizing like i'm so sorry i lied i'm so sorry i kept it from you i'm so, the apologies were the worst part that was the most upsetting part for me Definitely. was how how sincerely cat was apologizing for her own existence So while it's burning, Deirdre says, you're nothing but a dreamer, just like your father. And then she throws the burnt ticket into a pan in the sink and goes, those dishes aren't going to wash themselves. She also mentions the inheritance again and tells her that she has to do everything as she says. Yeah. If she wants it. Yeah. So we cut to the next morning, evidently, and Kat's phone is ringing and it's Isla saying that they have a gig. They have a thing at the Winter Garden Estate and tells her that she should sing that Christmas song. And Kat tries to tell Isla, you know, hey, something horrible happened. And Isla's like, tell me later, which sort of is building the scene where there's going to be drama between the two of them that the dress has been misappropriated. That doesn't happen. That's what I thought that scene was going towards because it's pretty obviously what that scene was going towards. It's not what happens. Yeah, I don't know why the plot required her to say, tell me later. I think she could have told her then and it would have been the same. Yeah, we also don't get a scene where she finds out. She she has found out futurely, but we never see that scene. So it was very weird because it was very much playing up the, that's the dress that I spent hours making for you and you let your stepsisters have it. No, I tried to tell you, they took it away from me. Like that's clearly the scene they're setting up and that's not what happens. Not at all. So then we're at Dominic's house and his terrible friends are there and also the two girls, Ashley and Skylar. And his one friend is like, Skylar's obsessed with you. Skylar is sitting right there. I think Skylar and the other hot girl are part of their friend group. I think the entire friend group is the five of them. So we have Nick, we have the black friend, we have 
the Middle Eastern friend. We have Skylar, the hot blonde girl, and we have Ashley, the other one. Ashley, the dark haired girl, who is also, I think, supposed to be hot. And they're teasing Dominic about this girl because he's been telling them all about Kat. And they're like, is she at least hot? And he's like, that's not what it's about. And they're like, oh, she's a dog, isn't she? Oh, so And they're gross. like, what does she look like? And he kind of smiles and goes like a sort of adorable little elf, which <sighs> is correct, but not but helpful. Not helpful and not the right thing to say in this situation. So what's happened is he has ordered a singing telegram from her to see her again. They yeah. work together. So she gets there. Well, he's like, don't be jerks. Don't mess this up for me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. And then he goes to open the door because she's there. And she's like, ho, 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 holiday gram. And he goes, you're amazing. And she's in her full elf getup. Again, Minus always the in the elf getup. Minus the ears. She's, she's left off the ears. Yes. Because he says, you really do take that rule seriously. And she sort of taps her non-pointy ears. And he's like, oh. Apple, Living apple, on the apple. wild side. Yeah, something. So she's like, what are, what is this? Like, did you hire me for a singing telegram? And he's like, yeah, I wanted you to come over and I didn't think you would. And she's like, so you're stalking me, but like in a friendly, like she's teasing him way. But no, like that's a really like, that's a jerk move. I don't know that the problem is that he's stalking her. I think the problem is that he's hired her. It's not stalking. It's that he's bought her services because he wants her company, which is something that you do when you're super rich and you can just buy people well he put her in a position where she couldn't say no to him yes exactly because he was afraid she would say no to him yeah so it's he is our favorite prince he's just trying to do cute stuff and he kind of fails because he's kind of a dumbo sometimes but yeah i didn't like this scene although i didn't feel like it was his fault I thought it was his fault. I blame this entire scene on him. I think it was societally his fault because he doesn't understand that that's a creepy thing to do. I don't think that he did it with creepy intent. I mean, I genuinely think he was like, oh, this is great. I get to see her again. Yes. And like, that was the extent of his thinking. Yes, I agree. Um, he, he did not think about the repercussions at all. So he takes her by the hand and leads her into the house. And she tries to tell him something about the invitation. And he goes, oh, you know, tell me later. And then he leads her around the corner and she sees his four rich, fancy friends and goes, oh, your friends are here. And she's dressed like a Christmas elf with little red stockings and a little green dress thingy and a hat and with silver, purple hair. It's in front of all these rich, fancy, like super high cool. fashion, cool people, which just so awkward for her. I just, it was really. Yeah unfortunate so the mean friend jackson is like so are you gonna sing or something and noah goes don't be scared elf i'll sing with you and he oh, like oh he is aggressively in her personal space just towering over her because she is she's cute and he is aggressively coming on to her very much in her personal space using his size to intimidate her skylar's also being mean so he's reaching for her elf hat he wants to wear the hat but he pulls off the hat and the wig at the same time and she kind of falls backwards and they're like, isn't she mean? She's Starbucks girl. Yeah, they recognize and her because it's the same thing that happened in the beginning. So she runs away. Dominic follows her. Wait, hang she... on. Hang on. You missed a good line. Oh, sorry. So while his friends are sort of like, oh my gosh, you're Starbucks girl. And she gets this, you know, very tearful look on her face and is sort of writing herself. He 
Okay, I don't have the exact line, but he's like, seriously, shut up. Why would you say something like that? He yells at his friends on her behalf, which I really liked. Yes, he does tell them to stop and he calls them jerks. Yeah, his immediate response is to yell at them, which I liked. But I don't understand how he didn't see this coming. Me neither. I did like that he also yelled at them in her press. She does get to hear him yell at them as she is getting to her feet and sprinting out of the room. It's not like the thing happened, they laughed at her, she left, and then unbeknownst to her, he scolded them. Like, she heard him be like, guys, how could you be such jerks? Why are you being so mean? Like, oh my god, stop it. Stop it right now. Yeah, I don't know how much that helps. Anyway, she runs back to the door. He's following her. She accuses him of playing rich people games and purposely humiliating her. And she's like, I thought you liked me. And he's like, I do. I wanted you to meet my friends. And she's like, stay away from me. And then she leaves. And I have an all caps. Where is this going? And we pan to see that she left her music notebook on the parlor table, whatever rich people have in their entryways. And then we cut immediately to her in bed looking at pictures of them in their Santa and elf getup and asking Bruno if she overreacted and sort of zooming in on his face on her camera and saying, oh, I did overreact Ugh, and is just being sort of mournful. It is not his bare face. It is his face with the Santa mustache and beard and she looks at it longingly. I just, I just want you all to picture that. Guys, I'm urging you not to picture that because I have to picture it and I really, I'm not happy about it. Please save yourselves. Do not picture this. It's so good. So we cut to Nick sitting sadly and Nick's dad comes in and starts to ask him stuff about, oh, which tie should I wear? And sees pretty immediately that his child is not happy and says, you know, what's wrong? What's going on? Nick goes, oh, I really messed up, dad. It's a girl. I think it's the girl. And... I don't think I can fix this. And the dad goes, oh, the one you work with. So he, like, he's been paying attention to his son. He's been paying attention. And Nick tells his dad, she's so talented and she's gorgeous. And she liked me before she knew I was a winter garden. And I've ruined it forever, essentially. His dad goes, I don't buy that. We can fix it. Because he's a billionaire. And he just can throw money at a problem. On the other hand, I do love that the dad was paying attention to the stuff his kid was telling him about. And I do love that when Nick is describing her to his dad, the first word that he uses, talented. Yes. And not gorgeous. She is, she's cute. I don't think she's gorgeous, but she, she's definitely cute. And it's when, you know, when you love somebody, are you beautiful because I love you or whatever. All that song. I can't believe good <laughs> songs. When are we going to get our next good song in a Cinderella? Oh, Liv. I, I don't think you should hold up for that. <laughs> we should just rewatch the Brandy Cinderella. Just, it's like a palate cleanser. Then we cut back to the house, Kat's house, and Deidre's walking in, spraying spray tan on her face, and Joy tells her that she looks like an Oompa Loompa. And then Kat comes in, very dejected, in regular people clothes now. Deidre tells her that she's tainting everything with their bad energy, what's happening is they're getting ready to go to the gala so they're all in their fancy dresses and they have Kat zip up Joy's dress which is the dress that Isla made for Kat and she does it she goes over and helps to zip it up Joy has added a bunch of things to it and Kat is like it's not closing because of all the things you added this will bother me a lot later because the things that she's added are pink ruffles around the top and a midnight blue tulle halter top none of these things in any way interfere with a zipper yep so just another thing to make Liv mad yep 
So Deidre lists a bunch of things that Kat needs to do during the night, a bunch of chores. And she graciously tells her that she's allowed to finish the Chinese food from last week. And she picks up a bag because Joy has left behind her bag. And Joy goes to grab one side of it and Kat's holding the other handle. And she sees the snow globe inside because they were going to bring the snow globe to the gala because they were going to pull it out and be like, ah, yes, the snow globe, it is proof that I am who I say I am, like a normal person who is who they say they are. Mm-hmm. You know, do. like humans do. Yeah. So Kat is like, that's my snow globe. You stole it. Why would you? You knew how crazy it was going looking for it. And she just is amazed that her evil stepsisters have done something evil. Yep. And she calls them out for lying to her and they have a scuffle and it very obviously is going to break and then it breaks yes dj goes all because you couldn't share and joy goes now it is worthless and they leave and grace drops something as they leave we don't know what it is yet but she drops a piece of paper i hated it it was such a sad scene yeah like her dress is gone her snow globe is gone she's broken up with the boyfriend her invitation is gone like and this all happened today so she's having a really bad day Yeah. So Kat is crying and she's kind of picking up the pieces of the snow globe and she takes the metal bit from the middle and just looks at it and goes, oh, dad. And it's just a bent little piece of metal, but it means a lot to her. Well, again, that is what's supposed to be happening. What happens is that Bruno the dog walks over and I cannot focus on anything other than the fact that you have a dog in a little doggy wheelchair walking over a thing where a bunch of glass is just shattered and glass shatters everywhere. It flies in crazy directions. The tiniest little bits can cut you and get embedded in like little doggy paws. You have to clean it all up. You have to like mop it up and then clean it with a wet rag because just dusting and vacuuming isn't enough. Little bits will stay and they'll cut you. And you have a special needs dog. You have, get your dog away from the glass. Jesus Christ. So she tells Bruno it's been a really bad day. And he makes some noises at her and she's like, Bruno, what is it? And he takes her to the piece of paper that Grace dropped. And it's the letter that Mr. Wintergarden wrote to Catherine and Deidre. Basically, the point is that he looks forward to seeing her at the gala. And Kat goes, they can take my money and they can take my time and they can take my green dress, but they can't take my name. Come on, Bruno, we've got a gala to get to. I want her to go to the gala with Bruno. Yes. That would have been hilarious. Then they're at the gala, and the stepmother is wearing something in an animal print and very tight. Her hair is very high up and curly. The stepsisters are doing their British accents at each other again, and the mother keeps telling them that there is no rich people accent. And Grace spots a random man, just a random man in their vicinity. It's a servant. It's a butler. She sees a butler. Okay, it's a butler. And And she goes, I found Mr. W. I found Mr. Wintergreen. Wintergarden. I found Mr. Wintergarden. <laughs> and she runs over and she goes, I'm charming to meet you. This will also be a running joke where both girls will introduce themselves to people with their fake posh accent as I'm charming to meet you. Yep, that happens a lot. Meanwhile, Kat is in her elf costume again and she's in the servant area in the back. Backstage of the house which has a stage by the way sure and isla is basically planning to sneak her in with the performers and that's why she's in an elf costume because they're all also in elf costumes but they're very different elf costumes so she still sticks out a lot yeah she in no way matches them then we cut back to the stepmother and the stepsisters and deidre goes 
claws out pussycats. Time to go in for the kill because she has spotted Mr. Wintergarden and she goes, Mr. Wintergarden, I'd recognize you anywhere. And the girls do the charming to meet you thing. And he's very confused and he asks if they're friends of Dominic. And she's like, well, if I was naughty, I would say I'm his future mother-in-law. It's gross. It's weird and it's gross. So she basically says who she is and she points to Joy and she's like, this is Catherine. And Mr. Wintergarden is like, oh, look at you. You've gotten so big and you've got red hair now. And didn't your eyes used to be brown? Which is a weird amount of things to remember about a girl that was the daughter of a guy that you haven't seen in like 10 years. Yes. And didn't even know he was dead. Nope. But Deirdre covers all this and goes, oh, kids these days, you know, contacts. They're always changing everything about themselves. And then Grace says, I'm charming, your highness. And he goes, I'm not a highness. Terry is unfailingly polite to these people. I am very impressed with Terrence's ability to host at a party. He is the most gracious host we have seen. Yes. What a polite man. What a polite gentleman. I guess it's easy to be polite when you're very rich. Ah, yes. So Deirdre has Joy, prompts her to tell Terrence all of the facts about her dear father. And Joy launches into what is very obviously a bio of the dead father, whose name is Jason Decker, because she keeps messing up the Decker part and referring to him as Decker. And Deirdre interrupts her with daddy. It's horrible. It's horrible. She's just reading a bio, but she's she's memorized it. So she's she's reciting it. Yeah, she's reciting a memorized bio and she keeps saying Decker instead of daddy. And it's so obvious. It's it's so obvious that it's not funny. Yeah. Terry goes, oh, Jason and I traveled everywhere. I got very close with Jason. I I want them to be lovers. In my heart, Terry and Jason are lovers. Anyway, so Dominic shows up and is introduced to Kat, and he goes, oh, the second cat I've met this month. I invited my cat, but I don't think she's coming, which was kind of cute. I, I it's also like. a bizarre thing to say to a person that you've just met. It's a weird thing to say to somebody you just met, but it's kind of a cute line for us to watch. Then Terry says, you two used to play together when you were about four or five. Do you remember that? And Joy immediately just slinks up to Dominic and goes, I remember playing doctor. We should play that again. And Noah, the black friend, comes over and goes, I'll play doctor. It was so gross. It was so gross. In the middle of this, in my notes, I just have the word nope. And I don't know if that's Dominic or me saying that. Me neither. Uh, Dominic is also very clearly not interested. He is actively trying to back away from this aggressively toothy, smiling young woman. She does very good, intense, crazy eyes, I will say. So we get that scene and it ends, thank God. With Dominic running off. Yeah. And then there's antics about being on stage. Where Isla's trying to get Kat in and the stage manager who, man, I want to see the story about the stage manager because the stage manager of this whole production is having a time. So there's antics. Kat winds up being on stage when she's not really supposed to be. And then dancing starts. And she's been hiding, but the thing she's been hiding behind spins. And so now she's in view and everybody's wearing elf costumes, but different types than hers. So she doesn't match. And they're all doing a very well choreographed dance. And she decides to just try to dance along. Which is the worst decision she could have made. Yeah, it's the worst. Uh, It's horrible. It's horrific. 
she is out of time with everybody it is a very realistic depiction of what happens when you try to just improvise the choreography that everybody else has practiced so it was very realistic in that sense there was a bunch of moments in which all of the dancers would be like down and she would be the only one standing up and it was just incredibly awkward oh yeah but because of this dom notices her and recognizes her immediately as do the stepsisters and stepmother and stepmother her whole step family notices her dom leaves the party to go find her and skylar stops him skylar our hot girl who is i think possibly supposed to be a secondary villain and she's like there's some mistletoe i think and he's like great you and jackson should go find it so skylar goes this can't seriously be about the elf girl she's so not in my league and dom sort of stops and looks at her and goes no she's not but skylar you can always dream i loved it that was a great line that was a great set down i loved it that was fantastic. it was fantastic it was so good so good and so well delivered just he delivers that line perfectly the perfect pause the perfect expression on his face just mm, chef's kiss loved it meanwhile cat is still dancing and she's spinning with an elf who's holding her hands and the elf is like what are you doing you're loosening the grip don't let go and cat's like i can't and because of the centrifugal force the elf that she's holding flies all the way into a wall with a crash yep and, and then the crew comes down and then the stage manager storms in who is a very angry black woman with a clipboard i would say very frazzled very frazzled this is a very frazzled this is a much put upon black woman with a clipboard who's having a terrible night i felt so bad for her i have been the stage manager oh my god that poor woman that poor woman oh god and she says she comes up to cat and she goes you have to go on for the snow queen and cat's like i'm so sorry what and she's like well our snow queen is unconscious because you just unconscious her and now you have to go do it which that's not how that works well isla introduced her as a singer previously and she's like you're a singer right so go sing basically and cat says well i won't fit into the costume and isla goes well i made you another dress yep it's your christmas miracle what yeah and they just drag her off stage and the stage manager just sort of screams i need a dresser now and isla goes i'll give him your track which i guess she has a recorded track of her music now just conveniently available was this isla's plan all along could she have foreseen this somehow either isla is secretly a future teller and has oracular powers or she is bonkers and just yeah. got lucky this once how many other things has isla planned that have gone horrifically wrong anyways dom is backstage trying to find cat deirdre is also backstage but the stage manager stops her and it's like yeah you're not you can't be back here <laughs> go away and drags her out which it's very funny. satisfying it's very satisfying so dom walks through a doorway or something and he sees cat in her snow queen dress which is nice enough it's white it's got sort of a sparkly bodice and sort of a high collar with like embroidered holes in it and rhinestones and it's got a tulle skirt but in multiple layers and it's a little bit it's a nice enough dress it's okay it's fine and her hair is now up in this nice little half chignon thing and he he says uh, he says wow 
he says, wow. He's like, you made it. And she's like, oh, I was afraid I would never see you again. And he goes, I tried to find you, but I didn't even know your last name. And she apologizes to him. And he apologizes to her for the whole thing. And she said, I was trying to find you. And he sort of smiles and he goes, the ticket would have been easier. And she goes, oh, yeah, I tried to tell you, but my stepmother burned it. And he goes, who's your stepmother? And just then, Deirdre shows up. And Kat goes, that will be her. Deirdre starts to be a mean stepmother and sort of coo over Dominic, like, oh, this poor girl. Just traditional stuff that would happen then. But then the stage light comes on because they're on a stage in front of people, in front of the curtain. And the curtain goes up. And the curtain goes up and the spotlight comes on, on the three of them. And they're just standing there. And (laughs) Kat is like, I can't do this. Dominic is like, you left your songbook at my house. You're amazing. And then he says the most terrible words I have ever heard. Your dad was right. You dreamt it. You can be it. Kat, you got this. So the stage manager comes onto the scene. And I don't have the exact line, but she's like, hi, hi, I hate to break up this tender moment, but there's a show going on right now. You need to leave. And they're all like, oh, right. There's an audience in front of us watching us right now. And so they leave and instrumental music starts to play because her track is on now. And Kat looks down at her wrist and she's got this bracelet that she's attached the weird snow globe metal thingy to. And she's just thinking of her dad. So she starts singing with her excruciatingly auto-tuned and reverbed voice. And um, dancers come out to dance around her. They're wearing the hoops that one wears under a hoop skirt. So like kaleidoscoping hula hoops around their body, but mini skirt length, not like to the ground. That would be weird. And basically tinsel they have sort of antlers and horns and they're wearing sparkly silver it's all very wintry but it's also sort of very uh narnia it's weird it's very modern art and the way that they're moving is very like lyrical dancing i really liked it i hated this song and i hated that they were dancing to this song but i think that whatever show they were supposed to put on would have been really cool because those were really interestingly and well-designed costumes in an interesting set and those dancers were very well choreographed so whatever thing they were supposed to do i think would have been really cool to see this was terrible i'm gonna share some of the song lyrics now please do i don't have any of them (laughs) so her main chorus is i want to know what christmas really means why does everybody love christmas why do we keep waiting up for santa It's also snowing, but only on Dom. Yeah, and they're making a lot of eye contact while she's on stage and he's in the audience. And initially, I was willing to believe this because she's sort of standing still and sort of slowly walking and the dancers are dancing very well choreographedly about her. But then they do a choreographed move where she walks on their hands and they carry her on their hands and she steps in the air onto them. And she falls back and they catch her. Guys, that takes so much choreography and so much practice to do. That's, that's not the sort of choreography that you can improvise in any capacity at all. None. If she had just done some twirls or something, okay, 
the fake choreography that happens at the end of the other Cinderella's is fine. It's obviously fake because you can't have it that well rehearsed, but at least there's not lifts and walking on hands and dead falls back onto people. This was so distracting for me. Although to be fair, what it was distracting me from was a song that I hated. So I guess I'm not that mad about it. I have some more song lyrics for you. Oh, please do. Uh, So in the song, she starts singing about love and, you know, the you, she's singing somebody. And then the course changes to, now I know why everybody loves Christmas. Now I know why everybody waits up for Santa and everybody claps. I was studiously avoiding the lyrics because the fact that she spent all of her time getting to know Nick while he was in a sexy Santa outfit is um, really disturbing. This, This is the child version of the Santa baby song. I just love that in her red notebook, what she had is a bunch of Christmas songs. She just really likes Christmas and all of her songs, I guess, were about Christmas. Another very distracting thing in this for me is that she only ever has two expressions on her face while singing. And one of them is just absolutely elated. And the other one is supposed to be a soulful face, but she looks dead. Her soulful face is the most dead-eyed, cold, stone face that I've ever seen. And then her elated face is so elated. And it was very distracting. The song is also very serious. It's not, it's not fast. It's very like soulful. Sure. (laughs) So I have song finally ends. Everyone applauds way more than they should. And she leaves the stage and Dom runs up to her and says, that was beautiful, which good boyfriend move. That is a good boyfriend move. Well done, sir. And he takes her to meet his dad, who is delighted to meet her. He's like, oh, is this the girl you told me so much about? And I loved it. It was great. Yeah. And And the step family is right there next to him. And I don't know exactly how this happens, but she's like, oh, yeah, I'm Kat. I'm I'm the real Kat. She she just calls them on their lies, which I really liked. I liked that the Cinderella just got to call her step family on their lies and their abuse in front of everybody. I like that. And she specifically says that they scammed their way in here to take advantage of him. I liked it. It was a good moment. Yeah. And Deirdre tries to deny it, but in the middle of her, whatever she was going to say, Terry sees Kat's bracelet. Oh, yeah, he and does. Says, <laughs> it says, there are only two. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, it says, there are only two of these in the world, <laughs> which means that they have commemorative snow globes made for their church. <laughs> they had matching snow globes, and they were unique in the entire world i can't i can't the implications of that is that they went on a romantic honeymoon date to the north pole and had commemorative oh okay listen like liv and i are very good friends we've been friends for a very long time we do a podcast together we've gotten each other a lot of gifts we have never we have never (laughs) gotten each other matching engraved snow globes Christmas is coming, man. Christmas is coming. I'm getting you an engraved snow globe this year. Oh my god. <laughs> That's what you're getting. I was gonna get you something nice. I was gonna get you like a gift card or some snow or some um like bath bombs or something. But no, now you're getting a snow globe. <laughs> oh god. Okay. So Oh, he then goes on to say that Cad's dad was a true friend and an extraordinary man. And he didn't care about me being a billionaire. 
they were lovers they were lovers and they couldn't get married because it was 2005 so Deirdre breaks in to say oh I was trying to protect Kat from something and Isla goes oh you mean the way you protected her like this and pulls out her phone and shows Terry the Starbucks video of them very obviously watching as as stuff falls on her face and being super mean and Deirdre then basically looks at Kat and goes I spent all your inheritance yeah she just announces that she's in charge of her inheritance and there's nothing left to inherit Kat looks at her very distraught and Terry goes it's a good thing I'm a billionaire and Dom goes billionaire with a b which we didn't tell you guys but that that line happened a couple of times before and there's still an accent running joke going on but like we can't we we can't dive into everything that's wrong about this because we'll we'll be here forever so he goes yeah good thing i'm a billionaire so don't worry about the bills he tells her that he can't guarantee that she'll have a music career but he's definitely going to guarantee that she's going to be able to try and then he's like and you're going to need an apartment to get away from these guys yeah and then terry kicks them out and scott very firmly pulls them out of the gala gala and escorts them to the door Oh, it is Scott. You're right. It is Scott. I don't know why I remembered that. So Dom apologizes to Kat again about how rude his friends were to her, and she apologizes to him again for overreacting. And then they have the stupidest conversation where he's like, I'm interested in you. I'm, I'm really interested in you. And she's like, I'm really interested in you too. But this is all interrupted because DJ Sock Puppet is here, and they're so excited. And they're, they're very confused. And Terrence looks at him and goes, did you think I didn't know about your bands? I may be distracted from time to time, but you'll always come first. Which is a super nice line from a rich dad who knows that his son is concerned that he thinks he's too distant and not paying attention. But he was paying attention the whole time, which we knew because we saw it. So this is just weird. Like it's kind of cute, but also weird. He also tells him that he's going to make an excellent manager. And I don't understand how if he's, sock puppets manager that he didn't know know they got this gig or he couldn't book them yeah it's super weird i don't know and we're almost done dom turns to cat and says we have another family tradition every year at the gala we pick a girl to dance with and the rumor is that they fall in love and she goes you just made that up and he goes traditions have to start somewhere and then they walk to the floor and they dance spastically he starts jumping up and down and flailing like he's a dolphin I have they dance question mark I guess question mark in my notes and then we get another voiceover and it's her and it's mimicking the first one it's not identical but it mimics it and it's Um, like there once was a girl who wrote songs so beautiful that they could make you cry or fall in love we didn't hear any of those I cried I literally cried so I believe you madam at least about part of that and she had amazing friends and wonderful family and that girl is me and she looks right at the camera and then she looks back at Dom and then she looks right back down camera again and then she sort of grabs Dom's collar and goes to kiss him and then puts her hand over the lens of the camera so we don't even get a kiss and then we're done then we're then we're done we're done we finished we finish with this movie yeah thank god I didn't think I was gonna make it I don't think I was gonna make it the first time I still don't think I'm gonna make it I hated this. I had such a good time. All right. So this is going to be the part where we argue a lot. What are your highs and lows? 
Oh boy, it's so hard to pick. I had a lot of highs. I think the moment that I realized that he was gonna be sexy <laughs> Santa was just like so incredible. Cause I was like, no, he's not. They're he not is? Oh my oh. God, <laughs> they're going with it. Oh yeah, that sure was a moment. That was, that was my high. Oh God. Uh, my lows, every time she apologized, it made me feel bad. Ooh, yeah, definitely didn't like that. How about you? I think my high for a particular moment is the, you're right, Skylar, she's not in your league, but you can always dream. That moment was just chef's kiss perfect. I that loved it. It was very satisfying. In a larger sense, I really liked him as a prince. He was really attentive to her. He was really trying. He really listens to her. He likes her for a lot more than just her beauty. They really have time to get to know each other. It's very sweet. They and do. he's and very cute. Yeah, and I like that he's in disguise as well. Like in the other ones, when she gets to know the prince, usually she's aware that he's a prince, at least a little bit, unless they just meet for a second. I don't know where I'm going with that. It doesn't matter. I liked it. That part was nice. My lows, again, hard to pick. <laughs> Is it the moment that you realized he was going to be Santa? <laughs> that wasn't a low for me, actually. It was definitely a weird. Maybe we should have highs, lows, and weirds on this list. I don't know. I hated the part when the stepmother was holding the dog because I was so anxious about that dog. I hated the Santa striptease. I hated <laughs> it. But I think their duet, because I literally had to take my headphones out and I genuinely started to cry. Their duet was second runner-up for my favorite moment. That was the worst thing that I've ever experienced. I hated it so much. So that's my low. What would you change about this movie? I would not have the scene with the friends happen. I don't think that was necessary. Okay. They could have just not had that and that would have been fine. That's the only thing you change about this movie? I think so, yeah. How about you? This after party is going to last so long and it's just going to be a yelly fight. Oh, I would get rid of all the songs. I would be so happy if this was not a song-based movie. I loved every single song and every single song needs to stay because each one brought something different to this movie. Yeah, a different level of horror, a different Lovecraftian nightmare. It was oh. amazing. So do you think our listeners should watch this? Yes. No. I think you should watch it. <laughs> I don't think you should watch this. If you are super, 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 super into Christmas and you're also tone deaf, go for it. You guys, the prince spends the majority of the time wearing a Santa outfit with a mustache and a beard and a wig. Thank you for making a point in favor of my answer. I you appreciate have to see it. <laughs> you have to see it. How can you hear that and not want to see it? I Very easily. The same way that you could hear that and wish that you had not seen it. So will you ever be watching this again? I don't think so. I think once was enough. But I'm not saying no for sure. Like maybe. I will never watch this again. I will, I will never watch this again. If I die and go to hell, this will be what is playing in hell. <laughs> What's your final grade for this movie? Liv, it's an A. I hate you. I hate you so much. I quit the podcast. All right. I had such a good time. I've been smiling the entire time. My voice is like getting weird because I'm laughing too hard. This has been like the most enjoyable Cinderella experience that I've ever had. In fact, I'm going to rate it an A+. Right, I haven't I just, laughed at anything harder. I just threw up in my mouth a little bit. I'm, I'm giving this one a D <laughs> because I hated it. I did like The Prince a whole lot, which is what saves it from being a D minus or an F, but I hated everything about it. It was terrible. 
it had a couple of good moments but uh, I found this movie extremely painful to watch and unpleasant and a lot of different fronts so yeah I'm, I'm giving this a d which means that this is now our new biggest grade differential yeah so oh, yeah. I'm excited a plus really god damn all right I just I can't stop smiling and it kept my attention the whole time like I wasn't bored for even a second yeah because it's like watching a horrible car crash like you can't look away it's so awful <sighs> I I don't know what to tell you like okay it's really good all right well everybody you heard the podcast you heard our discussions you decide let us know what your thoughts are well it's almost midnight so thanks for joining us if you like this episode oh. <laughs> if you like this episode please give us a rating we'd love to hear from you so follow us at cinderpod on twitter and instagram like our facebook page or email us at the cinderella podcast at gmail.com if you want bibbity bobbity bonus episodes or to hear us discuss this week's cinderella but with more adult questions language and beverages it's gonna be so much adult language it's just gonna sorry <laughs> you can join us in the ever after party at patreon.com slash cinderpod our intro music is bad ideas by kevin mcleod you can find him at incompetech.com so let's what are we watching next week i'm watching a 12 minute animated cinderella from 2016 i don't know anything about it it's on the list i don't i don't know man but the one after that is going to be the last cinderella story it's going to be starstruck so we just got to make it two more weeks you and me man and then we're going to be back into like normal cinderella category i can't wait <laughs> for me to be over yeah so okay. until then we hope you have a happily ever after